0: g'day steve dave oh it just feels tired (laughs) yeah it has been and it's i'm not meant to feel this tired this early in the year right
1: no jet setting will do that i mean and you know Heading down to Sin City, uh, you know, well, it used to be our closest approximation of a a town that never sleeps, but Mike Baird has done his best to to ruin that (laughs)
0: adage. That's right, Uh, everyone in bed by (laughs) 2am.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. And look, if you're not out, you know, before midnight, well, you might as well not bother. Forget it. Stay home.
0: (laughs) Kids these days. You
1: certainly can't go to a bottle shop and top up. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, so what were you in Sydney for? Oh, it Work? was,
0: yeah, yeah, but, well, my new job has me involved in doing a bunch of stuff with young people, particularly in the Uniting Church, and from uh, Sunday last week, whatever that day was, this is how much they blurred together. Um, they have a, a big, sort of every two or three years, a big conference, I guess, a camp, uh, that back in the day used to be the mating opportunity of the Methodist <laughs> slash Congregationalist youth young person. Yeah, um, yep. But now, thanks to the internet, that's not the sole way that young people get together. Uh, a, a thing called... It used to be called NCYC, National Christian Youth Convention. It's now called Aurora, uh, which is an indigenous word that means passion or passionate. And it is four pretty... Four, five pretty solid days of... Um, community building of young people interacting with other people going to bands so it's a festival kind of thing with an obvious very heavy overlay of christian input in that regard <laughs> um, that,
1: that sounds that, that sounds a hell of a lot better than uh, we, when i was a, a teenager the only church related uh, thing that i went to was an altar boys camp oh in, in <laughs> yes I, actually yeah yeah no i actually did find out uh on four corners just in the last couple of years that uh, i don't know whether it was the same year but it was that very altar boy camp where some uh, young fellows not from the town i grew up in but from narrabri which is not too far away mm. were abused so that's that's one of those ones where you go well you know rolled the dice and survived there oh uh, not not so fortunate for those poor poor guys but with my only real memory of it was sleeping in uh, it was either in gyra or actually, yeah, I think it was in Gaira. So it, it, wow. it's a cold, cold yeah. place. And we were in this little hall with a wooden floor and they wouldn't turn the heaters on, oh. <laughs> it, which was bad enough during the evening. But at night when you're sleeping on that floor, on you know, the thin, like sleeping basically on a blanket on the floor, I don't know that I've ever had as bad night sleep like i've had nights sleeping on mount Kosciuszko that weren't as cold as this <laughs> bloody hall in gyra <laughs> as a kid and they like i'd been in scouts and, and and cubs and all that sort of stuff so it's not like i was yeah i'd never slept anywhere uncomfortable but nothing was as bad as this bloody church hall um so yeah obviously the catholics were still into some kind of self flagellation <laughs> <laughs> it was just a bit more subtle but yeah that, so it, it, it sounds like you are at a much more pleasant event.
0: <laughs> well, it, look, in, in and of itself, that is the case. I mean, it was held at um, Stanwell Tops Conference Centre. We took over the entire, uh, the entire place. So it has sort of a, a very large grouping of buildings and stuff right down near the lookout, which has this incredible view like over a valley out to the ocean at Stanwell. It's incredible um and then there's another separate part about look two minutes drive and about 18 to 20 minutes walk away um is another like sort of little separate version of the big thing and because we took over the whole thing people had to stay up at the far away one guess who had to stay up at the far away one
1: (laughs) would it have been you
0: yeah and (laughs) and coupled with this Dave, my responsibilities Around this thing. So I was part of a a team that brought down, I think it was about 22 young people from Queensland. We flew in very early Saturday morning, uh, the day before it started. And we crashed at uh, Bondi Church in the marketplace and did Sydney, because that for some people was even the first time they'd flown in a plane. And certainly for some, the first time they'd been in Sydney. So that first Saturday was sightseeing extravaganza. And as a group, trying to, to sort of corral um you know 21 young people plus four leaders around sydney on public transport buses and trains fine but oh shall we catch a ferry let's go walk around the opera house let's go to manly let's, let's go do, around that's to darling harbour yeah let's do it all in a day so we did um, awesome oh. <laughs>
1: That shows you how much time, times have changed. They like yeah the idea of corralling all the young people. I, I went to on a uh, an apex camp yep. when I when I was sixteen. Um, so we're talking ninety two no no, no ninety three, and uh, we we did a, a a day in Sydney on that. Yes. Uh, like we were, we were down there for a week. And and in the morning, we went to the Wayside Chapel, mm. uh, we did a bit of a walk around King's Cross with, with a copper, and uh, yeah, yeah. they tried to frighten all these country kids out of ever <laughs> ever doing <laughs> any drugs. Um, but then in the afternoon, we basically, we wandered down to Pitt Street, and it was like, oh, all right, I'll be back here at five. Oh. So they, just, they just unleashed, like there were 73 of us, and they just unleashed us on the CBD with the instruction, be back here at five. And that was it.
0: And no, like, Google Maps in your pocket either.
1: No, God, no. Can, can you imagine? Like, today, where, where most of the kids would have a mobile phone or, mm-hmm. or, or could hang around with someone who's got one, you'd you'd be petrified about doing something like that. And uh, it was just, catch you later, don't be late, or you'll miss dinner.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Facebook group chat, and between that and Snapchat, it saved our group collective lives so many times. People getting separated, <laughs> not knowing where we were, what the next thing was, we're waiting for you, where are you? Like all of that kind of thing. It was it was intense and fun and all of those sorts of things. So that was day one. And then we slept on... They very generously let us have a couple of rooms to crash, boys and girls. And they were very hard floors, but I had an air mattress. Now, I haven't slept on an air mattress in a long time. And this large body of Malk needs way more air. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't...
1: Uh... It wasn't up to spec, is what, you, you, what you're getting at.
0: Oh, the, the air mattress in itself was new and worked fine. I just <laughs> needed to be another 10 inches above the ground. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. not. that. It was a uh, long way down, and worse, a long way up the next morning.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, that, that, that,
0: that's a pain. <laughs> oh, I do need to preface this entire conversation and say that young people in twos and threes are reasonably easy to corral. Young people in five or six groups of twos and threes, not so easy.
1: No, not so much.
0: Now, these are great kids, and they were really easy to deal with, but just trying to make sure that everyone was in the right place. And I, I had to count to 21, 22 so many times. I just, it just got hard. I just went, find a friend, partner up. If someone's missing, we'll, we'll find someone to replace them. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Mrs. Such and Such, your daughter is now a son. <laughs> time for you to uh, have
1: an, a, an exciting addition to your family yeah that's
0: right <laughs> so we, we got them down to stanwell tops and the weather was amazing and hot um like sydney was hot stanwell was hot so it was just hot um luckily some of the uh conference rooms were air conditioned so whether you were listening to a speaker or hearing a band or those sorts of things that meant it was really really good uh, lots of fun things um, the rooms on the whole where we slept, not air conditioned. Mm. That's not great. Particularly when the windows aren't big to start with because of, you know, architectural design, we could you know, we've got to put security grills on them and stuff. Uh, so the first, the first night, they did have heaters in them though, for when it gets cold. Of course, so, that's, that's, that's very, very useful in January. Yeah, helpful. The first night... I got in there late, probably half past 12 into my room, and I was in a room with other male leaders. Uh, And at 12.30 at night, three of them were already challenging each other for the loudest snorer. Uh, (laughs) And it was about 20 degrees hotter in the room than outside. I just went, I'm not sleeping in here. Um, I'm going to go and sleep on a couch in uh, this little ante room off the main auditorium in the area we're in. And that was marginally better.
1: So what you're saying is it only took one night for you to be uh, the weird hermit guy.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, just walking across the grass, carrying his pillow and his sleeping bag. Just, who is that guy? Luckily, it it all sort of tapered off because I had to be like, all right, guys, first night of camp, let's get some sleep. I was that guy to walk around. Come on, it's time to get to bed. Hey, people who I don't know, shut up and go to sleep. Um, Yeah, it was fun. It was fine. The thing that really did me in though, Dave, was that because I was part of this leadership team, it meant every morning we had community time. So everybody staying in that area or or designated to that area came together and there was of course um, information to communicate about the day. There was some singing, there was some praying, Jesus things happened um, and and that sort of stuff. Now that's fine in and of itself. After not a great night's sleep, well, you know, the mornings are a bit dusty, but you get through that. However, I also stuck my hand up to do something that is very mog. Um, I said I will run a thing called Up Late, which is the last item on the program every night. I'm going to get artists uh, that are performing at the event. I'm going to get speakers or or artistic people to come and do things. It'll be very loose. Think, you you know, your James Corden, Jimmy uh, Kimmel-Fallon person, you know, uh, Tonight Show thing, and it'll just be fun. And it was fun, and it meant that for most of the afternoon, evening, I was stressing, making sure I've got everything sorted out and everything's happening, and then it happened, and then it sort of finished by about half 11, quarter to 12, and I just couldn't sleep for another hour because I'm still running on adrenaline of what the heck was yeah. going on. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was uh, so crazy.
1: My, uh, the 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 youth program that I went on to when I was at 16, I, I actually went back as a leader for a few years um, later on, and... That, that sort of lack of sleep thing there was because we, we would be getting the participants to bed around about 10.30 and mm. there'd be um, two people, different people assigned each night to, you know, check the dorms and hopefully keep them all in bed and do, do head counts. Yes, boys and
0: boys, girls and girls. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, the, uh, the rest of us, though, would be doing first a review of the whole day. So we'd go oh, through the program yes. start to finish of, like, of the day that we'd just had. Uh, then we would go around with all the different leaders to see, okay, if, if there's anything happening in your particular group that everyone else needed to be aware of. Is there anything that you need some um, uh, some advice yep. about how to handle a situation that's come up? And then we would go through um, the the program for the next day yes. uh, <laughs> to make sure we're all ready for it. Yes. Um, and because we're all uh, exhausted, and because um, we were all apex guys you'd, you'd have a couple of beers just to unwind yes and the next thing you know we finished the meeting somewhere around about you know one yeah. and it's like well look we better just have one more beer to calm down before <laughs> bed <laughs> and so that you're getting to bed around about half past one and then the first like one pair of people have to get up at six to go and wake their group to go and do the kitchen duty for that morning so you know, the first day or so, this isn't so bad, by about Thursday you are just ready to die and by mm-hmm. Saturday when you're finally taking everyone home, like the leaders are just zombified. It was yep. like great times, really really wonderful times and uh, and everyone put on their brave face the whole time through to make sure all the participants had a good time yes, and didn't yeah, see yeah. that we were ready to die but oh, it's so, so hard. Hey, hey, were, did you ever, um, were you like on the other side of the uh, the equation like did when you were a, a young a, a young mulk did you uh, g- go off to many sort of like non school campy type things like like i don't know whether that was church or other stuff but did you do much of that
0: yeah tons i in fact i as a as a young mulk in in primary school/high slash high school um, was a part of our local carbon scout group so that meant many camps mm-hmm. um and there was inevitably some church camps thrown into that as well, as well as then, once I sort of got to the end of high school-ish, um, a couple of these NCYC things that I went off to. Uh, plus, uh, at the time uh, in the area I was living, a lot of regional church stuff. So not just like local church camps or, or youth camps and those sorts of things, but um, particularly around Easter, that was always a big one. They would have a big um, sort of regional church youth camp thing and that was man if you were looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend that was the time <laughs> to find it because you had like basically five days like you had thursday night good friday saturday sunday Easter monday um that was an intense opportunity to get to know people to hang out and again before the internet to get either their phone number or their address
1: i well, see back back then on, on good friday all i was doing was having you know um you know dirty ashes thrown at me
0: by a priest yep so, Just as long know, as that's that, all he was throwing at you, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, no. Look, I, I was, I was lucky, uh, yeah. as it turns out, like luckier than than I thought. Oh, Dave. Um, oh, look, it's horrible. It and it is horrible. Oh, it's one hundred
0: percent horrible. I mean, we have a look at it right now. The Royal Commission into um, the way that a lot of church organisations have handled the abuse of children, or or the way that um, either covering up of people that did it, or their poor responses to the way that uh, you know when people came forward and said hey i think this happened to me or someone did something that i don't think that was cool how the the governing bodies dealt with that you read some of those transcripts and some of how that went on and that's super bad like super intense uh, and guess what not just a catholic church church's problem
1: yeah uh, it's look as you know I, i'm 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 no longer uh with the Church of Rome. <laughs> <laughs> um and let, and let me tell you um it, and that that happened you know, years ago. Um but as over time as more and more and more has come out about um the way that as an organization they actively uh, covered up yeah uh, all this horrible abuse it, it has not made me sort of regret <laughs> our divergence of paths in any way whatsoever it, it's just like you know what I I'm, I'm yeah, I like it was really nice um, for me personally having something that had ritual about it yep uh, ritual and tribalism and I think that they were two things that that um, that, that I really liked um, but when it It sort of occurred to me eventually that the tribalism and the ritual were the only things that i really liked that it it was sort of very much time to move on um and then yeah as more stuff yeah is revealed the more you just go yeah that's just that no no matter how good the intentions of some people there may be not just some people many people there may be it's just broken and there's just an unwillingness to to really acknowledge that or, or fix it in a meaningful way. And
0: yep, yeah, I really it's, struggle with uh, because I grew up in I guess the same kind of era, uh, you know, where faith was delivered to you via blunt force trauma. You know, in, for, yep, in, in, in fifty two weekends a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will you will love Jesus because this is the reason and these are the things. Uh, And I acknowledge that that's a fairly broad generalisation, but that was the way that Christendom uh, and Catholicism really tried to shove, you know, because your parents are are faithful, you will be faithful. That's the deal. Um, And I am heartened a little bit, particularly now because I'm part of the problem. Um, I'm working inside the machine to try and undo it. Uh, That the way that we're trying to encourage people, you know, to to have faith or to understand their faith or even to recognise... The faith that they already have it's a much more gentle approach broadly speaking don't talk to fred nile don't talk to um, <laughs> yeah. our mate danny Niala down in melbourne um, who, who just
1: did you see he, he lost his uh, charity status oh. uh today so you know every time people complain about red tape and bureaucracy just say yeah but they took away danny and the charity status sometimes so it works
0: some, sometimes it's a good thing gosh that man well wow. i thought there was a. Uh, i'm all over the place dave i'm sorry um, that's all right. There was a uh, documentary on Danny and his political party and political aspirations uh, ahead of... It was filmed ahead of the last federal election because that's when yep. he was trying to get them all to stand, senate seats. seats. Uh, I think he tried to stand as a lower house member. I can't even remember. Uh, but it was an incredible look for, as part of this ABC, you know, Fresh Blood documentary series. So young documentary makers having a swing. Uh, and this young lady spoke with him and and got access to his office and spoke to a bunch of his candidates uh, and put together, it wasn't by any stretch um, a beat up. It was a very factual observation of this is what happened and these are the people and this is what they said. There were some difficult questions asked about when this person has said this thing about you, Danny, what do you say? Or how do you respond to these things? Um, And watching it, I mean, I, I watched it from two perspectives. One, I watched it from a television perspective and just went, this is actually really good TV and whoever made this needs way more opportunity to do this because they've done a cracking job. The second part was as a person of faith looking at this going, man, you just make all of us look bad. Like all of us. Yep. It's shocking. Like, it's how hard. can you come out and say things, some of the things that get said out of that man's mouth and, and other people in the name of Christendom's, you know, support. It, it's just like, I don't. Oh it just makes me angry in a way that it's, I'm uncomfortable with. I can understand that I, uh,
1: yeah just <sighs> yeah anyway. big size yeah, not, yeah not, look tell, tell me more about when sort of stuff you used to get up to in your uh when, when you're away from home time
0: oh look I, it, when you were a kid it was interesting because particularly uh, during my cubs time or early scouts. Um, because I'm the eldest of four. There's me, my brother, and then two younger sisters. Both me and my brother got involved in Cubs and Scouts. So for a little while, there was, when there was a Scout camp, it was just me, but then quickly it became my brother. And my dad got involved as well, sort of by proxy, sort of because he enjoyed it as well. That was a very practical thing for him to be involved in. Um, So away from home times, invariably involved some of my family. Um, There wasn't a lot of uh, me going camping and not having my brother or my dad there uh, but when that did happen for scouts and stuff that was always fun I went to a a jamboree uh, which is a big national scout come and camp get together thing that was pretty crazy because there was something like 10,000 or 12,000 scouts and leaders and those sorts of things descended yeah, on what was then that'd the be cataract about the, yeah
1: that'd be bad right they still hold them at cataract they had jamboree at cataract last year actually wow yeah, they got, uh, I think they got, No, oh, I think they had a hot year last year and then they had Cubbury there at um, at Cataract this year and I didn't go to Cubbury this time around. Uh, I went three years ago and uh, I'm not upset about that because they just got drenched.
0: <laughs> 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 That's the sucky thing about camps, 100% all the time. Sunny, hot is great because you can find usually some shade to hang in or whatever. When it rains, everything gets ruined because cooking dinner becomes tough. staying dry becomes tough getting into wet sleeping bags sucks balls
1: Oh, it's horrible it is absolutely the worst the worst I uh, see yeah so like I, I did the, the the cub and the scout stuff as well um but, but like my my big memory of of cool um uh, you know away from home things was well probably um apex youth development program aydp yep. that was the one in the one in sydney uh where we stayed out at um at, at the baden power scout camp out at pennant hill oh, great yeah yeah which, yeah which is an amazing place because like you you're you're literally a few hundred meters away from you know one of the main arterial roads through sydney uh but you go down this little hill and all of a sudden the traffic noise disappears and there's this just massive green space in front of you like bushland and you feel like you just feel like you're in the middle of nowhere it's like you? a time machine isn't it it is well, especially if you see the facilities yes yes exactly <laughs> um so that was really cool but the other the, the other uh really cool thing that i did and and this came after ayd and i think i think having gone to ayd and, and that was like a really uh a, amazing time in terms of personal development sort of gave me a, a bunch of confidence so that when i applied for this next thing i i think i was uh, a, a much better candidate and that was uh it was in those days it was called the national science summer school um and i think today they call it the youth science forum or wow. something like that and so they take uh two groups each for a fortnight. Um, down to the university of canberra yeah uh, and there are 144 uh participants broken into um in, into 12 groups who all had different sort of specialty areas where you know there were some doing biology some physics and and chemistry and all this sort of stuff uh, and, and i and god knows why but i <laughs> ended up in uh the physics based group so we got to do all sorts of cool stuff we went right. out um and we saw, like, laser satellite tracking out at Tidbinbilla. Yep. Uh, we we went to ANU and saw all sorts of massive machines that cost lots of money and made lots of noise. Uh, and probably my favourite thing of all was we, we went out to uh, Mount Stromlo and they set us up in uh, what was called the, the Oddi telescope. And, and sadly, it's no longer there. It was one of the ones that was lost in the bushfires a few years ago. But this thing... It, this was like an old, old telescope with a uh, like a wind-up mechanism, so that it sort of tracks counter to the um, the rotation of the Earth, so that you you stay focused on the same point yep. in the sky. It was like a work of art. It was so beautiful. It was gorgeous. Um, of course, it didn't hurt that we were out doing group activities somewhere where it had to be dark. Yep.
0: <laughs> just... I was just thinking, man. This is how CSIRO planned for a whole bunch of nerds of the future. <laughs> just get them together for these science camps and yeah. let them find dark corners. And, and, the, and the cool thing was, like, we stayed in, uh, in, in like, the...
1: Uh, you wouldn't call them flats, but the the uh like the dorms at the oh, University of yes. Canberra. So, but well, they're not really dorms. So like, so we all had our own room. Yep. Um. You know, Like typical uni uh, accommodation. But of course, when you're in like the the people who went to so the year you're going into your HSC. So just yep. before. So between year 11 and year 12. So this just seemed like magic and we were there for a fortnight mark a
0: fortnight hey babe let me show you my biology (laughs) gosh a fortnight that's a lot of opportunity to sow your nerdy oats
1: it was actually i was doing a cleanup um a while ago i bet you were (laughs) oh then okay you mean now right (laughs) No, no no now now um and i came across uh I came across an a, a old photo album of mine, I went, "Oh, I haven't looked through this in years." And, and it was from, it was from around the time that I went to the, 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 the National Science Summer School, and the photos are almost nothing but selfies of me with girls. Nice. <laughs> in oh, Summer that's School. the
0: best. Because <laughs> like, those girls, wow. they look they would have been very smart, not overly confident with the boys. <laughs>
1: Oh, no. They, no, they weren't all stereotypical nerd girls, let me tell you, that's for sure. But uh, it, it was it was awesome, I we was just going... And then I went, and I, I found in with that, there was like a, you know, a, as you have it, these little things like... Um, like a, a little book where everyone signs each other's book and leaves them notes and, 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 you know, all these notes from girls saying, oh, come and stay at my place and, yes. oh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. And and, um, and and I went, oh, yeah, I don't think I kept in touch with anyone from that at all. <laughs> I don't know. So, no, one girl from Brisbane I kept in touch with and that was it. Uh, took her the drive-in in Brisbane one time.
0: I was going to say, how did that work out? oh uh, yeah
1: well she got home and found another boy but yeah you get that uh, that's always never meant to be mock. wasn't meant to be <sighs> these summer uh, romances yeah but I, I i love those those sort of things i do in yeah, it, it, it it it's amazing how much that changes your perspective when you get home like it like uh like on the people around you and the things that are possible and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff um but in my case it's amazing how qu- quickly that sort of stuff just sort of vanished amongst <clears> that oh well, you know, well yeah, that, was a, that was a wonderful glance of life <laughs> but back to but ha- back to how things are, ge- are really going to be and th- that's one thing I look back on now and just going you idiot you were given so many opportunities to do all these cool things mm. and, and, and yet like I literally I went to the University of New England because I couldn't be bothered filling out the form to apply for universities in Queensland because oh, it was a separate form dang <laughs> Gosh,
0: <laughs> that that takes a special level of I don't careness.
1: It, it's just like a, oh, well,
0: it just made sense, you know, yep. UNE, it's so close, it'll be
1: fine. And it was, it was good, I, I loved my time at UNE, and yep. Armadale's a wonderful city. But you, yeah, you just do go, you idiot. <laughs> when, did
0: you do, when did you do uni at UNE? When was I at UNE? Yeah.
1: Um, I started there. Oh, I started there doing a science degree. Well done. In 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 nineteen ninety five. Yes. By uh, the end, actually, not even the end. By part way through the second term of nineteen ninety five, I realised that that had been a catastrophically bad choice, <laughs> and I spent all of second semester uh, trying to figure out how to transition into a different course. So I ended up going from that. To a Bachelor of Psychology with Honors, of course, uh, and and that and that was really really great. Um, right up until halfway through my honors year, where I realised there was no way on earth I was going to get a project handed in. Uh, so I then transferred again, just to an Arts degree, which I already had enough credits to graduate with. And I moved to Albury, and I've been here ever since. <laughs> ta So so that was that was '98. So yeah, so between '95 and halfway through '98. I was in Armidale, but you lived lived in uh, Albie's College for uh, about six months. I lived in town for a while and then moved back to Mary White College, the Fridge on the Ridge.
0: The Fridge on the Ridge, indeed, mate. That's mm. oh, there's so much happening in all of that. How, how good was your hex debt, by the way? That would have been pretty spectacular. It, it,
1: no, it was fine because, like, this is back when this was back when I think like you paid about twelve hundred bucks a, a, yeah, a, that's a what I semester. Mean. Yeah, that's semester Yeah, there's was nothing. There was nothing
0: i know like unbelievable the, well that, that was the thing for me when i studied at university it was like about that 1200 bucks a a, a a semester maybe total or maybe yeah, per subject yeah. i can't even remember all i know is that when no. i came out from uni and i looked at my and went oh man how am i ever going to pay that off and after and working twelve thousand dollars or whatever <laughs> well after working for about five years i went oh it's paid off yeah. it was nice wasn't
1: that a good system imagine if we oh,
0: yeah we, we were lucky Hey, you Wait, want some it's, radical it's, it's one... news? Sorry, the, the reason why yeah. I asked about when you were at, at UNE, I'm right. fairly confident that if you bought your books at the co-op bookshop, mm-hmm. my wife probably sold them to you. No. 100%. Right. 100%. Oh, 100%. That is unbelievable. She left, uh, actually was made redundant in 2001 because the co-op lost the contract to the bookshop Yep. Uh, but she had been working for them for like seven or eight years. No, oh, that's it. Checks out. Yeah, it's on. So was she f- from Armadale? Uh, no, well, no. Uh, in that way, well, yes and no. She did her eleven and twelve in in Armadale. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Was living in Urala with her parents. Yep. Her father was an Anglican minister, mm-hmm. so he had moved up when she was about in grade nine or tenish. Uh, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, and he. Uh, you-
1: Yorella, yeah, rings a bell. She might have tweeted about that at some point. Or, or might, might have even talked about it on Humans
0: of Twitter with you. That, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, So he got Urella as a placement. She went and did... Um, I think she went to PLC because she talked about the ladies' college. Yep, um, yep. So she did that and then had no aspirations for uni. Just went to work uh, and earned money. And in fact, when she was made redundant and moved up here to marry me, as all women would want to do... Um, she sold her house. <laughs> right? Would she? She was a landholder. Bloody hell! I know. Serious business. Oh uh, look! Uh, to say that I got handed silver platter, an amazing woman <laughs> is an understatement.
1: Uh, there you go. No, I. Th- there you go. I look. Uh, sad, sadly. Um. I, I, I. can't sort of push the story even further by saying that I tried to hit on the girl <laughs> at, the, uh, at the co-op bookshop.
0: She would have cut you off pretty quick.
1: (laughs) I know it was pretty charming. Oh, look, I'm sure that every bloke that had a go thought they were. (laughs) Oh, dear. She does have a couple of stories of boys trying to die. Oh, well, you know, it's uni. Look, it's university, and and at that stage, uh, we all think that we're uh, perfect and indestructible. Oh,
0: invincible. I remember at university, I thought I could do no wrong... Um, in fact uni at that point was really just a sideline to my social life what it opened up for me as far as meeting people and hanging out and doing things and um, too many games of 500 too many plates of chips and gravy I remember one day we were so invested in a game of 500 uh, with a group of people that I actually met in the subject so I actually did yep, go to yep. class but we looked at the time and we went oh it's organic chemistry time yeah we'll catch up <laughs> And and just kept playing. I think we played for about five hours that afternoon in the in the campus club, just hanging out. It was so nice. fun. It was so fun. The, the the card game that we got a lot of play
1: uh, in my social circles actually ended up being Arsehole, and just because there were too too many people to play five hundred. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> my mate Lee and I, we it, everyone hated playing with Lee and I because. I mean, obviously, the idea of the game, arsehole, is that you want to be the top dog. You want to be the, yes. the president or the king or whatever you know, term you want to, you're want. you going to use in, in this, the particular game. But he and I were both very, very content if either of us was at the top. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because then we knew we could like look after each other. It's yep. so, of course... In any game of asshole, um, he and I would happily like feed each other advantages <laughs> against everyone else to like get one of us to the top, and then the other they would sort of drag the other person up. Um, and it, you've got no idea how badly that subverts a game that is you know, <laughs> designed around one like every man for himself. It was—I well, mean—we thought it was hilarious. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> our friends not so much.
0: I'm one hundred percent behind that. <laughs>
1: But, but that didn't matter whether they, whether they liked it or not because, you know, we were the president and they were the assholes. So, yes. you know, <laughs> it was fine.
0: Which unit did you go to? I went to QUT Gardens Point. So I, I moved down from the Sunshine Coast, uh, left the family there, got a, a unit with a, a friend of mine and some other guy that I don't even know how we found because he was from a school that we didn't even go to. But we must have we put an ad in, like... Um, a school notice sheet or something somehow somewhere um we moved into this amazing so, uh, so hang
1: on so w- was was he from like um the same place you two were from or was he someone from down in brizzy
0: well, we went to kawana high and he went to maroochydore high okay yep right so still a sunshine coast boy we moved into yep. this incredible four bedroom top of a block of flats apartment so yep. this block of flats would have been built in the 60s in new farm so it had views of the bridge and the city from our front veranda um it was the apartment that clearly the guy who built the block of flats built for his family because it was the only one that had more than two bedrooms in it um it was on the top floor so that sucked you had to carry thing upstairs but it was just this spectacular little home uh in this quiet little suburb before new farm got all gentrified i really wish we bought the unit honestly it would have been worth a bajillion dollars by now um but we lived there and so, for me, it was like a bike ride around the river to get to university. It was the most delightful, you know, trip into uni or catch the 100 bus and it just dropped me right here and I walked, you know, for you know 15 minutes to get to uni. It was nothing. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah, nice. I was stellar. And right on the garden, so it's wedged the way Gardens Point is the city comes up to the Botanic Gardens in that little reach of Brisbane that, that sticks there and about... I'd say a quarter to a third of the gardens got given or set up as this university space and the rest of it is the Botanic Gardens so it was not uncommon the morning after a band had played at the campus club to be walking through the Botanic Gardens and just seeing people sleeping (laughs) passed out as far as they'd got home couples in weird passed out embraces um was such a great spot
1: I bet Brisbane
0: City Council loved that. Oh yeah, like with a the passion, <laughs> they hated it. Uh, delight. The Rangers would would turn up. I remember going to um, the Hooter Gurus and they played at the campus club. It was this stinking hot night. The air conditioning, for whatever reason, wasn't working properly. They laid out just this killer, killer set. Everyone drank way too much. Spilled into the gardens. Um, I remember getting home. But then I remember coming in the next morning and just recognizing people that, you know, I've been dancing, bumping into and all that sort of stuff, just sprawled between the campus club and somewhere into the city. Um, it was a crazy town. So much fun.
1: I loved it. Yeah, there's something something very, very good about Uni Bar and band night. Uh, yeah. we, we, we were um, we were pretty lucky at, uh, at UNE, like it's, considering it's sort of out of the way. Um the fact that we got any good bands there at all uh was kind of amazing um <laughs> i remember one one time uh, the Whitlams came back and this would have been wow um this would have been just after they'd released um oh god i am obviously a fan no 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 this is before then this is god what was the big band the the one with uh all the charlie songs and and uh, oh uh, yeah yeah
0: oh God and uh, anyway that they didn't call an album nonstop golf is beyond me
1: <laughs> anyway so it was just after that album it was it was sort of their, their breakout one their third album mm-hmm. and I can't believe I can't remember what it was called anyway but it was a big deal that they were coming back because they had previously been banned from the UNE oh, Australia yeah because when they toured uh, their, the first album introducing um, it had just been... Uh, a, a disaster like they they just trashed the giants like from on stage and were told that they were not yeah, you know, they would not come back uh, and so obviously when they became huge uh, and we and they could actually get them someone relented and and, um, and and allowed them to come back which was which was very very uh very very nice but again like th- this is at the time they were getting massive airplay on um, on triple j um we 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 were playing lots of it on two u and e as well mm. um a, and there would have been i don't know a few hundred people at the bistro to see them, mm. <laughs> like like the bistro was crowded yeah but it, it's not like but it, but again it was a very small space um but we're there you know drinking our our dollar pots and booking on to the Whitlam's. oh, oh but, but of course. Yeah, We were uni students, so mm. dollar, dollar pots... Expensive. Was, uh, well, we'd go for jugs because it was cheaper. Um, and then in you know, feats of machismo, we'd do stupid things like uh, drinking it as shots or through straws <laughs> or... <laughs> Let me tell you, a lot of those jugs got left in the uh, bathrooms at the uni oh. bistro. They didn't make it home inside our tummies. Oh, I can <laughs> oh. imagine. Gosh. Bad times. <laughs> <But> <laughs> fun.
0: Not a lot of learning happened. Yeah. And neither should it, to be frank. I think that <laughs> university is about life lessons, not so much about book learning. I think so.
1: Like, the, well, the, I think the best part of it is—I mean, a bit of book learning sticks in along the way. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think for, for me that like I my, my only wish was I wish I'd done a, a gap year before I went to uni. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I don't care what it was what it would have been. Like even if I just had to work in a shop for a year. Um, Before I went... Because, like, I went literally a week or so after my 18th birthday. I was not prepared for the uni lifestyle a week after my 18th birthday. Like, it's not like I'd gone through high school without ever imbibing any alcoholic substances either. But I was not ready for uni.
0: (laughs) Just uh, too much freedom all at once. Oh, and Uh, it is, isn't it? Like, I, I turned 18 at the end of my first year of uni. Oh, God. So, I was a young kid. Um. And I was such a goody-goody that for at least the first six months, I was paranoid about going up to the campus club because I wasn't 18. They'll, they'll card me. They'll want to know. No, nah, they didn't care. I learnt later. Um, <laughs> but it, it was like, you're 17 years old. Now, I will admit, I was going home every weekend with my flatmate because he was going home just to see his family. I went home, saw my family, and I worked. I had uh, at least a shift or two over the weekend at the place that I'd been working my entire high school, uh, which was great cash money, right? Because that was then supplementing my OS study, which meant that I could actually live a life. Plus, mum would then load me up with, uh, here's meals for the week. So I didn't really have to buy food. That was all kind of covered by mum and dad in sort of, you know, here's some cold things. Or here I've made all these meals. All you have to do is microwave them. Yes. So that was spectacular. Um, and that meant the money just became, what am I doing this week? Oh, I'm doing fun things. <laughs> oh, I have to buy nice. a calculator. That would be very, very cool. It was also the dodgy time. Uh, like, the, the, this flatmate of ours that we got in from Richie High, he was one of the first students in the first ever Bachelor of Information Technology, when it broke away from being a science degree to mm-hmm. being its own degree. And uh, I looked at him, and I went, oh, really, I should... I should be doing that. No, I didn't end up doing that. I should have done that. Uh, but I just looked at it at the time and went, that's way too much programming, and I don't care that much about, like, Pascal and Fortran and all those things. Yuck. C. Who cares about that? Um, but, I, like, I persevered, but it, it, I made a grave error starting uni, Dave. I mm. thought I'd be super that? smart and I would, to make sure that all of my... Um, assignments and things that i had to hand in looked very professional mm. i bought a typewriter
1: oh no
0: i was an idiot
1: oh no
0: like pcs were super expensive they weren't common yeah. but i didn't know that there were these massive computer labs that everybody got access to to be able to type up things on a computer and then print them out and hand them in in the same fashion unreal oh
1: uh, no it's, i i um yeah, when when I first moved, well, I just used the computer labs um, in my college. Yeah. But when, when I moved out of college, um, causing lots of stress <laughs> for my parents because that's not something that they were prepared for. Um, Dad decided that, that I would um, I, I would need a computer of my own, mm. and not only would I need a computer, I would need a laser printer to go with it. Yes, uh, and so that was that was a, a very very big in- investment. Although. Um, Dad used um, Macs at that, that stage at work, um, and just decided that that was just too much. <laughs> that, they, that, that no, buying a Mac for me was just going to—he couldn't cop that. So that's a second of mortgage, a, something like a, a an S, a Mac SE thirty or a, a, an LC. I ended up with a, I ended up with his all-in-one compact. Yes. Uh, comp- so it kind of looked like a uh, a a Mac that um, had eaten too many cheeseburgers. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> because it was, it was like all in one, and it was a four mm. uh, eight six with eight meg of RAM. Wow! Oh, and it was pretty cool. And it was supposed to come with a um, like a fourteen four modem built in. And I thought, oh, this would be great, fantastic. Yeah. we had we had Raz access to yep. the uni, uh, but it turned out that that was a misprint, and it came with like a fourteen hundred board modem. Oh. <laughs> so, so the modem was so slow. Uh, you could like <laughs> you could almost like see the bits going back and forth. <laughs> it was horrible. It was great for sending faxes if you know that was something you wanted to do, uh, which it wasn't. <laughs> but oh, uh, yeah, that, that, that was that was my first computer, and we had that for years, so so very long. Um, but yeah, so I, so I didn't spend much time up in in the computer labs except for to you know go and browse this internet thing like look at the yahoo directory yeah and uh <laughs> you know, look at categories mm. the, oh, oh, it's on the gray background do you remember like how people freaked out when um when, when they decided that they were going to add color text to the internet because people were saying well how can you tell the difference between links and text if yep. the text can be colored yeah I mean, how, how will we cope steve
0: how what will we do? How will we cope moving from a green screen, you know, mainframe system that you would walk into a room and there was 30-odd machines all laid out, everyone sitting there typing, um, sending their messages to each other, writing up their assignments, doing all that sort of stuff? Oh, that was the worst. If people would, like, send, like, a talk message, it would interrupt, like, the, the editor? did Do yep. you ever
1: have pe- assholes who would do that? Yeah. You'd be, like, writing something in... Um, Probably in in nano because I was you know too I couldn't use vi oh, sorry vi or, or anything like that so I, I'd write stuff in nano and yet people would like send messages knowing that you're writing
0: something because then it would just like lose the whole lot. Computers sucked. Computers sucked. Just as well that they've changed ch- 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 changed them so that they're less sucky and aren't <laughs> as reliant on uh, updates and things that. Uh, Oh, God. Dave, I know that you're, you'll enjoy this. Somebody posted on Facebook, a friend of mine, that he was—he always found it ironic that uh, I would come into the office once a month and uh, something wouldn't work or I couldn't log in or something had changed, and I'd contact the help desk and they'd say, yeah, there's been some updates overnight um, to fix things. And he always found it ironic that it never actually fixed things, but it created more problems. In well, part... Cool clearly he doesn't understand it well this is the issue he doesn't (laughs) understand it they are meant to fix things and if it doesn't work it's your problem (laughs) uh in part i look at it and go yeah i get that i understand the frustration it's difficult and yes there could be better processes in place the thing is that the poor overworked it person that has had to go right here's the patches yes i trust i've read all of the microsoft rubbish i'm just going to push them out it's fine and then you push them out and you realize that that mixed with this other one that they hadn't known about or buried in somewhere else. Oh, by the way, don't do this if you're running this. Breaks everything. And it's not as simple as, well, let's roll the patch back. It's not that we have to try and find either a patch to fix that patch or I've got to go around every physical computer anyway to do this one thing which solves the problem. It's such a pressure. It's horrible.
1: It's 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 not a fun industry. Oh. I think I think only masochists and uh, people who have no other skills end up working in this industry.
0: Steve, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I can't wait until robots legitimately uh, gain their own sentience and are able to maintain computers for us.
1: Oh but yeah, that's that's the thing. That's why I don't think um, uh, Elon Musk's worries about AI uh, completely dominating us are something we need to worry about any time soon because. Like, they, they will just be one bad patch away yep. from from <laughs> grinding to a halt again. Yeah. You know? Just
0: their arms just jettisoning their, their bodies, not understanding yeah. what's going on. Oh, it's, it's a bug. It'll get fixed in the next <coughs> update. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well... Oh,
0: excuse me, Stephen. It's all right, Dave. Hey, so... So, how, how long were you at uni then? Um, I... Look, I piked. This is this is a revelation. I did my first year in 1990. The second year, I spent the year traveling around Australia with a Christian rock band. That is a whole other conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, 1993, I came back to uni. Uh, and like, I'd kind of known in the first year that being in a lab wasn't for me. I was studying an applied science chemistry degree um, and did okay in the first year, passed everything, even got some credits or whatever. Uh, Second year, I passed everything first semester, second semester, I didn't give a crap because that collided with, I don't want to be at uni anymore. I've just found a girlfriend, like a serious girlfriend, and I'm pretty sure that God doesn't want me to do chemistry. So I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. So I failed my fourth semester and quit uni and um, went and worked for the church for a year. Like in a full time, very underpaid capacity.
1: Wow! And did you did you ever go back?
0: Uh, no. Much to my chagrin, in part. I, I, looking back now, of course, with twenty years plus wisdom on it, I should have just gone after I, even before I failed that semester. But certainly after I failed that semester, gone. Um, hey, can I transfer to another course? Because I'm yep. not enjoying this, and I think I like teaching. So how about I just go into an education thing? And they would have gone, sure, look, you've got all this credit. Here, come and do this. Two years, you'll have a Bachelor of Education. We'll make your teacher go. Yep. But no, I didn't do that, Dave. That was the smart thing, and I didn't do it.
1: Were you, uh, you said you were the oldest, but were you the first one sort of in your uh, immediate family family or even close extended family that had been to university?
0: Um, My dad is one of eight, and he's number four, I think. So I had some older cousins. I'm just trying to think if any of them went to uni. Maybe, probably. One, one may have. Because yeah. they were all of, like, dad's parents were farmers. Um, a lot of the boys in his family grew up very practically, so they didn't do uni. Yep. Yep. Um, same with the girls. Certainly, my younger cousins and, and my siblings went to uni. Not all of them, but a fair chunk of them. I probably was close to the first one or two or three yeah, that, that's that's kind of the
1: scenario I was in too, and so I, I think that, that, that half of the the battle at something like that is um, figuring out how it actually works. Like be, because like my, neither of my parents went went to uni. Um, they both worked yep. uh, in the public service for a short time and then went into business. Yeah. Uh, so like 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 all of my um, expectations about how uni worked came through whatever their expectations of it were, and they had no idea. Yeah, so, so yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's not a great... And that, that makes it hard. And like you say, like it's easy to look back now and go, oh, you should do this. And when my sisters went through uni, um, although you know it had changed in the 10 years since um, I'd been, thanks to you know lots of cuts to things and yeah. bits and pieces changing, at least I was able to sort of give them some pointers of going, oh, no, you'll be able to do something like this. Just keep asking until someone tells you how to do this or that or that. Mm. And so like that that helps them a lot in, in terms of going through stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'd never had anything. That, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't really either. You were a bit of a
0: pioneer. Oh, absolutely. And and I would offer that. The cynic in me says that I know that the guidance opportunity or the people that you can go and speak to around, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. This is what I've done. Have like have a guiding conversation with you to help you discover for yourself the things that you enjoy and, and, or are interesting to you. Help translate that into well you could be studying this that kind of stuff that just didn't exist in 1990 or 1993 at university that was not a thing um however nowadays because of course they want to get the precious hex money out of you they will make you do as many degrees you can change all (laughs) of the things all of the times just never graduate whatever you want (laughs) yep as long as the money keeps coming in you can afford to be there they will keep you going um yep so I did go through a little bit of a personal crisis a couple of years ago. I went, Do I start studying an education degree? Do I chuck it all in and try and do it full time? Because I won't get any, uh, I might get a little bit of RPL out of my training stuff that I've done and my IT stuff, um, but I'd have to fund it myself because I've already had, even though I never completed the degree, I've already got my hex allocation um, and I wouldn't get any OS study because I also got that during the two years that I studied. Um, and, and all of that might be completely false, but that was what the little bit of study that I did looking into it went, Oh, it looks, Oh, Oh, it looks too hard. I'll just keep doing this then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but th- that said, Dave, I, I look at it now I look at my life, everything for all of the disjointed weirdness and all of the IT stuff, chopping and changing in contracts and jobs and weird stuff that went on. There's absolutely things I would do differently. There are absolutely things I would want to work better. There are also things that, look, if I hadn't made the decisions that I'd make, I wouldn't have my wife and the two lovely children that I have now. I wouldn't be living this life that I'm in at this moment. There are a couple of really critical sliding doors moments that I look at and go, if I'd done this, like when I was umming and ahhing in in 93 and I was failing my last, that fourth semester and I didn't know what I was meant to do, um, I sent, was it 94, 91, somewhere around there. 91 was my first year of uni. Sorry, um, I sent uh, Sunshine Coast Fruit Juices. We're looking for a lab assistant. It must have been at the end of 91, my first year of uni. And I'd applied for this travelling Christian band thing. I sent off an application to this Sun Coast Juices thing, and I just went, "Okay, God, whichever one comes back first, that's what I'm doing." And the Christian band thing came back first, so I went and did that. And I also, like two days later but like after I got the Christian Ban application back to say, yes, you're coming. I got a request to say, we'd love to interview you. We think you'd be great at working at sunshine coast fruit wow. juices as a lab assistant. And I look yep. back now, if I'd gone and had that interview, I probably would have got the job. I wouldn't have toured Australia. I wouldn't have had all of that amazing experience and done all of that sort of stuff. I probably would have stayed at home um, and just driven up to Palmwoods uh, mm-hmm. and yep. you know, started that whole process and I don't know how long I may have hung around in that or even gotten used to that or what I would have done. But my life would have been dramatically different because I wouldn't have met my first wife. It's very likely I definitely wouldn't have met my second. Um, all of those sorts of things just come to pass. And it's like, well, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a believer in living multiple lives and those sorts of things. I am a believer that you know the decisions that we make absolutely end up influencing our lives. How we see them influence our lives is how we take our perspective on it. And on the whole, I'm pretty happy with how it's turned out so far. You see, that's the hard thing. Like, I, like, I, oh,
1: the, it, it, there's nothing that I could have changed, a, like any of those big things, mm. and still ended up where I am. And I'm really happy where I am. Like, I like where I am, yeah. and, and that, that's good. But it's still, it's still hard to not sometimes want to dwell on the counterfactuals of, of what would have happened if I had gone to a different yeah. university or even a different college hung out with different people and taken Mm. a slightly different path. Like, I'll tell you, the the whole reason I went back to college after living in town was I was just, I was sick of having flatmates, essentially. That's what it came down to. I like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go back to college. And the reason I picked Mary White College, like, literally, like, uh, most of the colleges uh, at UNE um, are huddled together on one part of the campus, Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then the actual faculties are all up the top of the hill. Yes, and Mary White's up there as well, and it's like right next door to the psychology department. And I literally went, if I live at Mary White, I can get from my room to the psych department where I'm doing all of my coursework in about six minutes. Spot on, done. Yeah. and that was it. Like that that, that laziness, like the, the, the whole idea of just oh well, I'll, I'll do the laziest, simplest thing. And went there and met the woman who is now my wife and met my best friend. Yep. Like, like two of the people who are the most important people in my life, uh, I only met because I was deciding to be lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like, that's it. Like, I, I can't even put any higher ideal on mm. it. Like, that is purely what it was. It's like Mary White was no more or less expensive than any other... Um, any other college yeah when i did live in in albies uh down at the bottom of the hill i used to drive my car up anyway because i was so bloody lazy i like like it was not a long walk but i wouldn't have taken it yeah um uh so it, it's not like i had to be be there like there, there were no but i just went it eh, lazy idea and, and and it's worked out great <laughs> like but yeah it, it it's um you do sort of still every now and again play through those counterfactuals, especially when, you know there are. I, mean, I don't know that I've necessarily got any options as um, as clear cut as as you know, your, as will I be a juice lab assistant? Mm. Uh, but even so, there's plenty of little things along the way, or, or, or even the decision making processes that you go through to come to a conclusion that you look back in hindsight and you go, really. I th- like, there, there there are a lot of different and better ways you could have uh, could have addressed that that probably would have led to a different outcome.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, no, I hear that. Oh, look, mate, I, 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 to put some icing on the cake and, and in tying it in with my, the first part of my story, uh, part of the outcome of me, you know, being a little bit loose with my time in 93 and that sort of thing meant that I got involved with a monthly... Uh, Christian rally that happened that the United Church ran. It was called then, it was called YAF, Youth Australia Fellowship. And because I had musical interest, I managed to find my way into the band and played with them and did crazy stuff on stage and just got to be oh. the extrovert weirdo that I am. I'm, um, sure it was
1: ve- I'm sure it was very, very crazy stuff.
0: Oh, <laughs> like me in a, a kookaburra with blue legs costume. um <laughs> so- Oh, it's, there's, it's, I hope <laughs> it's, they burned the video, but it was a weird, just, fun thing. This
1: is like something that got rejected for Henry the Octopus. Wiggles <laughs> we went, no, that's just not... That's just not. No not, one will believe enough. that. <laughs> Kokobura with blue legs.
0: Um, I played in the band with a bunch of different people. Some of them still friends today. Some of them, you know, when I see them, we, we talk fondly and those sorts of things. This last week on this trip down to Aurora that I was on, 21 odd young people. One of the young ladies in that group is the eldest daughter of two of the people I played in that band with. Oh jeez! So <laughs> it, it just hilarious, and and of course they were. I, I sorry, got to tell. I knew your parents before they liked each other. Um, <laughs> and so, oh, tell oh, me. So. And then no. there was. Then she. Just, I just. I saw so much of her mum in her. Um, through the week that when, I, when they all got picked up at the airport um, on Sunday night, I went, your daughter scares me. She, went, she scares you, why is that? I said, because she is you. And she went, oh, I, I, well, that's I probably know, fair. I don't know that any parent ever really wants to hear that, do they? <laughs> <laughs> your daughter is intimidating because she is you.
1: Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. The I, I actually did see a Christian rock band one time when I was in high school. Mm. Because in Varel was way off the beat. Yeah. Train. And and with the exception of the cockroaches, remember them? Oh yes. The precursor of the Wiggles. <laughs> yes. She's the one, she's so far the far one, the she's the co- one. <laughs> Apart from the cockroaches, Christian rock bands were the only ones that ever came <laughs> in real. And and they would go to all the schools and give out heaps of free tickets. Yep. <laughs> so it cost nothing to go and see them. And you'd go there. And what always cracked me up was, you know, like, they'd have the merch stand and all this sort of stuff, like like any normal gig. And just, and I, it always amazed me, going, like, we're only here because there's nothing else on. Yep. Ever. We didn't have to pay for a ticket and yet people would still line up at the merch stand and buy T shirts. <laughs> I'm just like I don't like I can't even remember the name of these bands. I'm sure they, I don't know, I'm sure they probably actually changed
0: their name each year. <laughs> I think it was the same people coming round again and again. Well, the name of the band <laughs> that I was in, Dave, it's very yep. catchy. Yep. Travelers. <laughs> and it existed from nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety two. It was called Travelers Every yep.
1: Year. Oh gee. Uh
0: the lineup i'll say broadly mostly changed occasionally there was a couple of people that did two years back to back or that kind of thing uh we were the smallest group there was 12 14 of us that toured um the first couple of years that they toured they had like 37 oh what yeah they had like a choir backing group and they huge it was huge you can't, you can't fit that in a Tarago. No. <laughs>
1: We had a Toyota
0: coaster, the 25-seater Toyota coaster, and with 12 of us in it, because the leader and his wife drove the, the three-ton Pantech truck that had all the gear in the back, yeah. um, a, a, a 25-seater bus between 12 people was just the right amount of seats for you to be social if you wanted to be social, or for you to be antisocial if you wanted to be antisocial on travel days.
1: Well, well see, Inveril is so small and so isolated, we didn't even get the travellers to show
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. I remember distinctly that we did Armadale, and we did nowhere else. Yep. But the year before, I think they did Tamworth and Armadale, and realised that they were too close together, um, so we had to only do one or the other. <clears throat> too close together. <laughs> Isn't that weird?
1: It, like that, that's a, like a, 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 also a, like a rural Australian thought. Like yeah. oh, they're too close together. Like like yeah, they, a good oh, hundred. 150 k's between... It's an uh, hour and a half drive. Yeah, it's
0: a, they're too close together. Because <laughs> well, you're depending on people to drive for that hour and a half, two hours to come and see you. And you're, yeah, tickets are going out, come to the concert, come and enjoy it. Um, there'll be music, there'll be lights, there'll be dancing. Well, I guess it, it, it's you know, a change of pace from the Blue Light
1: Disco, was it? which was about the mm. only other thing that, where there was uh, music in the town hall at Inverell. That's oh, for sure.
0: Live, live music for under-18s. Like it, it, it for the time that it was, it was near unprecedented because you, you didn't get, you know, the cockroaches didn't come around and do an underage gig. You well, snuck well, well, into the pub or the venue where they were doing it.
1: Well, no, see, uh, that was the, the one thing that was different because the cockroaches would come and play at the at the town pool in in Inverell. I think the council put them on. Cause oh, they that's kept, classy. Kept, they kept bringing them back year after year. <laughs> I think the Inverell Shire Council might have actually helped to get them over the hump in between the cockroaches and the wiggles when they were going through that period of, you know... We're all uni students and we're just
0: trying to work out what we're doing with our lives and we're trying to do this kids' music thing.
1: Yeah, oh, let's go back to Inverell and play at the pool again. And you know, you know
0: that they will have all piled into a Toyota Tarago, trailer full of band gear, driven up like that afternoon, done the gig, and to save money, driven back to Sydney that night. Well, they probably would because the alternative was staying in
1: Inverell and that probably frightened a lot of people. Yeah, you can't do that.
0: You, at <laughs> least you've got to drive to like the nearest big town and stay there so that no yeah. one knows who you are. Get across to Armidale
1: or, or Tamworth, maybe. Yeah. Oh, gee. Oh. <laughs> the, the idea of entertainment in a small town is just something... like like uh, we, we used to have um, a parade each year for the Venetian Carnival. And the Venetian Carnival was like... Yeah, the Venetian Carnival I- in hindsight is was probably not as big as what you would get at your average sort of farmers slash craft market every yes. second Sunday these <laughs> days in most places. But it was a big once a year thing uh, in uh, in Inverell, and we had you know there'd be a chocolate wheel there, and there would be a merry-go-round, um, and sparklers, always sparklers. Uh, but yeah, and we also had the, the we had a parade for. Um, Oh, I'm even trying to remember what they, they called it, but, like, like, it we had... Like, there, there was the Miss Show Girls stuff
0: when you had the show each year. Yes.
1: But they also had something...
0: Because real was the Sapphire City. What did we call... I'm disturbed why you were celebrating Venice. <laughs> I don't... Well, it was near the river. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. But it's not like but... you had this rich Italian sort of... No, no. And,
1: and I don't think it actually had anything to do with Venice it was just called the Venetian carnival and i don't know what and like maybe it was supposed to be like a carnival that you would have if you went to Venice oh. and the only reason they could get away with calling is that is that they knew that people from Inverell were unlikely to go
0: to Sydney let alone Venice <laughs> could have been worse <laughs> i guess it could have had the festival of verona and some <laughs> young guy and some young girl ritualistically committed suicide at the end of it oh <laughs>
1: You should not joke about that with small towns. I know it's, too, it's, oh, no, too, it's c- yeah too close to the bone. Trigger warning, uh, but, people. Ugh. But um, the uh, oh, it was the floral festival. That's what we we used to have the big parade for the floral festival. Yes, and we'd have we'd have like floats going through town and all this sort of stuff. And because um, my family, we had a motor dealership, and and our contribution to that each year. Um, like in the in the sixties and seventies, they used to put big floats and stuff like that. Yeah. But by the time I was a kid, all that they would do is they would roll out uh, like a couple of old cars that we had sort of stored in the back of the workshop, and one of those was uh, a 1904 Dayton. Oh and this, what? Now, so yeah, 1904. This thing was built. It literally had uh, timber spoked wheels, like nice. like like off a uh, a carriage, a wagon wheel. Um, yeah. 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 Um, And, yeah, it was a hand-crank job to get it started. Great. And it didn't have, like, a a steering wheel, uh, like a normal steering wheel. What it had instead was just, um, like, this round wheel that sat completely... uh, completely horizontal and, and with a handle on it that you could spin back and forth and like to turn in one direction or other, you would have to turn the thing about ten times <laughs> <laughs> to make these big wagon wheels turn, and the thing would you know would chug along. And we had that, and we had an old mail truck that was uh, a, a federal, and that thing was a was a bit newer. That thing that might have been like a an, a uh, something from about 1910 to 1915, and that thing actually did look like a a truck. But that was our contribution each year. And maybe if we had like a, 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 an SS Commodore or something, that could go in the parade Great. as well. And uh, mate, I, I had plenty of good times on the back of the truck or in the Dayton yeah. waving to people when I was a kid. It was fantastic. I don't know
0: where Venice is. Just waving blindly. <laughs> Are you a Venetian? We've got them at home. Well, oh, see, I just figured Venet- the Venetian... Go- oh, all I couldn't understand when I was a kid
1: was why we were having a festival for, like, blinds. Yes, a whole <laughs> town
0: celebrating blinds. <laughs> That's
1: all I could think of. <laughs> oh, small towns are weird, Steve. Oh,
0: in the best way, Dave. <laughs> like, the best way.
1: Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, speaking of small towns, I'm going to Mudgee for a few days. I'm Great! Going to- can I go see the tarab- male model.
0: <laughs> Who? What? Ken Sutcliffe, what? the male model from Munchie. You lost me.
1: Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I, look, I don't, I don't think Kenny um, spends time at the Riverside Caravan Park
0: just quietly. And I will throw out um, just quietly the home of uh, Doctor Doctor. Really? Yeah, they filmed the Channel Nine series Doctor Doctor, starring Roger Corsa uh, and uh, what's her name McElhenney. Um, the not the famous one, the other one. Um, they, they filmed that in and around Mudgee. There you go. I just thought it was, you know, somewhere that I could go and do a lot of winery tours. <laughs> well, many Mudgeeites were, were extras. And given that there is another series coming, you may yet be an opportunity to be an extra.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, well there you go. I didn't know I was going to be surrounded by, by, by TV stars, Steve. Hollywood
0: comes to the country.
1: Mmm. It'll be all... Almost as, uh, as as exciting as when... Uh, remember the, the film The Dish? Yes, very fondly. Obviously set in Parks.
0: Filmed in they Forbes. Had- they filmed in Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> because because none, none of the old buildings in Parks are left or look good. <laughs> oh, Here's a name drop. I remember uh, speaking with Jane Kennedy uh, about their location scouting for this. Because they mm-hmm. knew, you know, they obviously wanted to get some footage out at the actual Parks radio telescope and stuff because it still was standing there. Uh, and they drove into Parks... And she said, she and Rob just went, oh, shit, we can't film this here. This isn't going to work. Because all of that, because, like, they'd gotten rid of their facades. There was none of the old buildings around.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, they were speaking to someone and they said, oh, we're just trying to find some, you know, some nice old buildings, take some photos of. Oh, you should go down to Forbes. They've got some great (laughs) stuff down there. How far? It's about 20 minutes drive. Just go that way. And and she said they they drove into town and drove around the main square and just went, this is perfect. We will make yep. this happen. They went straight and talked to the mayor. They basically walked into the council chambers and said, is the mayor <laughs> around? Oh, yeah, he's here. As you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they basically just laid out and said, we'd love to film this film here, blah, 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 blah. And he said, we will do anything you want us to do. <laughs> if you want us to burn a building down, we will do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, like... Everyone you know, used to think like that. Uh, you know, Bob Jelly in Sea Change yes. was some kind of you know, real out there parody. But oh, he no. really wasn't. Really wasn't that far from a small town mayor, was he? No, no, that's it. And it's
0: almost—it's almost, it's almost uh, you know exponential. The further you get away from the coast, the more outlandish the behaviour of the local councillors are. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's crazy. I I look, small towns are crazy, but I, I, I do love them. Like. Albury is literally the biggest place that I've ever lived, Um, and you know that's cosmopolitan enough for me, Steve. I I am a country kid still at heart. I think, (laughs) you know, look, I do like going into you know, know, into the city. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's very nice all the choices and opportunities that you have, but it's also really nice living in a place where you can count the number of of you
0: know traffic lights. (laughs) I have to say it's a bit greedy though, you guys living in Albury, because you've got two cities, not just one. Two, just separated by a river. Oh, look, yeah, we don't count Wodonga. <laughs> <laughs> where's all? Where's the shopping precinct? Where's the main part of shopping? Albury. How messed up is that? Because you guys no, then no, no, have no, to you, have two Wodonga councils. Has one. Wodonga has a, a big shop. Like Wodonga's pretty
1: big. Like it's got about forty thousand people now as well. So it's not like it's tiny. Yeah.
0: But but um. But you guys yeah. have got to have two councils.
1: Yeah. Well, because it's try- a state border in between. It is. and uh, they tried to actually uh, to turn them, turn it into a combined city back when Bob Carr was still premier. And I think what they Great. were effect- effectively going to do was uh, administratively, at least, draw a line around Albury uh, and, and pretend it was part of a bubble in Victoria. Uh, merge the councils and run it as a single entity. Um, now, I'm sure if the bubble was going around Donga bringing it into New South Wales, people in Albury would have been fine with that. <laughs> but <laughs> the way it was, there, funnily enough, there was a, a lot of people who were not on board. And yes. so after spending a lot of money, um, it didn't happen, which... which which of course then leads to the fact, like you know, you know those big highway signs that yeah. they have up, you know, to tell you if there's a crash happening or stuff like that. There's a big one just as you come into Albury to tell people from Wodonga you are not allowed to do U-turns at traffic lights in New South Wales. <laughs> like that's always what it is. And we've got a, a a set of lights near our place where it's got like um, turning lights. Yes. And and so you know, uh, different. Uh, Directions can be going all at once. And so the number of times that someone from Victoria tries to do a UE there while someone's doing a left turn oh, and either comes very close to crashing or if the person doing the left turn has a bull bar and doesn't like Victorians do have a crash Yep, way, way, way too often. And all of those things were supposed to go away if we became one city because they would have um, harmonised all of those rules and all that sort of stuff. You know, we would have had one health service instead of two, although they have merged those in a sort of funny roundabout way. Yeah. Um. But you know, a, a single police force instead of two. Um, you're right. It it is greedy. Like in lots of ways, we are completely over serviced <laughs> because because like like, like like the sort of resources that you would put into one city of say eighty five thousand people mm-hmm. is different to the amount of resources that two places of forty thousand have. So we do. We have uh, all this overlap and and. Extra stuff like extra councils, extra coffers, extra people at the hospital. So for us, it's great.
0: Yeah, super resourced.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, I don't, I, we're probably coming at the expense of someone else. Um, yeah, like if you think about the uh, like like the amount of medicos that we have in Albury Wodonga for the population compared to any major city in Australia, we're doing pretty well. So yeah, uh, well, you guys
0: it, are in a unique position too because of the fact that you've got all those resources and stuff. Like if you're at Hospital A and they're busy or you're really crook and they've got other person over in hospital be across the river. I know it's across the state and those sorts of things. They're not going to turn someone away, right? They'll just no. go, we'll put you in an ambulance, we'll get you there, things will get sorted out.
1: Well, it, it, it is now that they're all... Like, the all and Wodonga hospitals are all under the... Uh, uh, part of a single organisation now. So that that's yep. all coordinated. Um, but... Because... Um, Because remind me, like obviously, there's it's similar with Tweed Heads and Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. From from memory, Gold Coast Hospital is massive, and Tweed Heads has almost nothing in terms of that. They like they ship everyone across to Gold Coast, don't they?
0: Yeah. I was just thinking that the only other place really in Australia that has a similar kind of problem to this um, is going to be the Gold Coast. Because yeah, well, there's. It's the other big one. Yeah. Well, there's not too many other places that are on a border. Like, I think of oh, Goodnor Windy. Well, well, see, no, they, they,
1: see, I thought that too, till I moved down here. Where? Well, see, so you have Yuchuka across the, the river from uh, Moama. Yeah, but nobody counts uh, them. <laughs> and you have Yarrawonga across the river from Mulwala. Uh, and you have Corowah uh, and Rutherglen.
0: Oh, I'm mate. starting to think that you're just spouting indigenous words out <laughs> there. <laughs> no, 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 no. These are all places down the Murray uh it, it's a murray river thing uh, well, it's, a, it's a river thing right because yeah. same thing the gold coast is separated from tweed heads by a river that's the state border between queensland and new south wales the differential is so many people have been drawn to the gold coast that that's where a lot of resources have had to be poured into so the gold coast university hospital um that has recently opened i think it's rabina ish somewhere around there um it's massive. It is a massive facility. And absolutely, people are drawn up from Tweed Heads and even further south, Byron Bay, because it's a closer hospital. Yep. You know, so yep. if um, if you're living sort of Byron Bay north, you, uh, you're going to come up across the border. The, the additional problem that we have, though, isn't just the fact that we have... Um, New South Welshmen coming into Queensland and taking it's, our jobs, and it's
1: it's because it's the, the big problem you've got is you don't know what time it is. That's exactly right.
0: <laughs> Not only do you have to cross the border and put your, your clock an hour back for six months of the year, but you've got to put it back about thirty years. <laughs> it's it really is shocking, and we cannot. No, matter Every year it comes up around daylight saving start and finish, and every election year. And guess what? Two thousand seventeen is. <laughs> I don't know, election year. Bloody election year. <laughs> so we're going to hear all about... Blah, 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 blah. And and I understand it for our, our friends that live... At least I think it's election year. I don't even care anymore. I'll just turn up and vote. <laughs> um, to the, uh, People that live north of the Tropic of Capricorn, I understand that twilight is not a thing. Mm. It's like the lights turn on and off. That's it. So... You know, that, that can be a problem for them. And, oh, it's nice and romantic for all you Melbourneites and stuff. Yeah, great. But up north, it means that, oh, it shifts it. Now, the, the arguments I don't buy, it makes it hotter. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Shifting the clock by now does not make it hotter. It makes it hotter when the kids come out. That in is a reasonable argument, you know, in that where it was 3 p.m., it's now 2 p.m., etc. etc. So that's as the back end of the hottest part of the day. That's when the kids are coming out. Guess what? Kids don't care. They're still going home and going to the swim and whatever. That's it. No, let's
1: be be honest. They're coming out of their classrooms into their parents' air-conditioned car. They're going home and they're sitting on the Xbox.
0: Oh, they're coming out of their air-conditioned classrooms into their air-conditioned car and coming home to their air-conditioned home. So, or they're jumping in the pool or going to the beach or someone else's pool. Big deal.
1: That reminds me. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, um, our, our kids started at uh, one of the biggest schools in town when yes. they were in, in Kindian before they moved out to um, to the small one where they are now. But uh, it, it was one of those places where it was chaos of, you know, parent, parental pickup time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, just cars non-stop, people, you know, breaking road rules, uh endangering children, all this sort of ridiculous stuff, yeah, trying yeah. to get to park as close as possible to the gate. And I, and I was thinking back to when I was a kid at school. When I was a kid, this, the school I went to was probably probably about the same size as the one where my kids were, although it, it was actually it might have been a bit bigger because it went kindergarten all the way through to year 10. Yes. Um, and there, there was one gate at one end of the school where they could pick up um, kids who were in in infants. Yes. But after that, if you wanted to be picked up, you had to actually walk... Past the end of the school, like to the end of the block and around the corner where they had a big nature strip where uh, there was one teacher supervising, and that's where they would do pickups from. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone else, obviously, you walked home or you caught a bus. Sure. And, and I used to walk home, like, via where that, that spot was, like, it was on my route anyway. And there would be never more than a dozen or so kids there. And I reckon the idea of only a dozen kids being picked up from a school these days would just be mind-blowing
0: yeah 100 percent. it's only country towns that have that experience well you really would, what of not many kids being picked up or yeah. of oh, of, of pulling up at school and 12 oh, kids yeah. getting on a bus
1: well oh, no, no no this is the thing no 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 there were heaps of kids getting on the buses i was just saying there was only 12 kids being picked up by their parents oh sorry were, Reve- who yes were, who were primary school age or older yeah like, the rest of them were all either riding a bike, walking home, mm. or they were on a bus because they were too far away. No one was getting picked up by their parents unless they were, like, in kindy. Yeah. And, like, no one would want to be. And yet now, like, the schools, like, like there were just kids everywhere. The massive queue of, of people in oh, SUVs. Oh, the kiss and ride stuff,
0: yeah. Pull, yes! Like... I've caught up now, Dave. I totally I blacked out. Um, no, <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I totally kind of get week. that. I totally get that because I, I'm 100% with you. I think that we've lost that opportunity for, for for kids and young people to have the opportunity of what? Guess what? We trust you. Walk slash ride home. Go. Have a life. Be, enjoy, be distracted by things on your trip home that mean that your parents are fretting, going, where were you? I expected you 20 minutes ago. Oh, I just was talking. Or I just threw sticks in the river or we found a bird's nest or a bee's nest. We don't have those opportunities when you're coming out of school and getting into a car and being whisked home. No, or or, or whisked to one of 37, um, you know, after-school activities. Oh, Dance Academy, um, tennis, um, yeah, karate lessons. Uh, st- oh, even even worse, you're going to insert a place of learning here where we're going to give you extra school lessons. Who does oh. that to their kids? <laughs>
1: people who want to get into New South Wales selective schools. Whoa. Again,
0: not a problem if you live in the country. because yeah. <laughs> See, we don't have that in Queensland. We don't have this selective school vibe. Well, well that's because it's because you've got no one to select. Well, <laughs> that's not too far from the truth. Uh, though, I will offer we, No, I'm sorry. I'm being rude. We have some smart people occasionally here. Yeah, they come from... They usually come from Victoria, don't yeah, they? Yeah. James Ashby. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> we, we, um, we, the closest we, we get to a selective school, and this is kind of starting to happen now, is that in Queensland, high schools, sorry, state colleges are starting to uh, be known as schools of excellence in specific things. So this might be a dance school of excellence or a maths school of excellence or a STEM school of excellence. Uh, and in a public scenario, that's obviously big props because if your kid is interested in the STEM subjects or is interested in whatever, whatever, then they would want to go to that school that is uh, a school of excellence in that. And of course they get, I'll say disproportionate funding for that thing because that's the thing they said they could do really good and have proven that to be the case, um, So Brisbane State High, which is on the south side of Brisbane, is kind of like that. To get into that is super tough. And they do take kids from all over Brisbane to get into that. Uh, And then I think of a number of state colleges that are starting to pop up where we're getting parents either moving into the catchment areas for those schools Mm -hmm. or their kids have to go through an application process to get into that school because they're coming for the specific subject or subjects of excellence. But it's not sit down do a test. Yes, we like you. You can come to our school.
1: No, okay. No, yeah. In New South Wales, the um, the selective schools, um, yeah, are a massive, massive thing in 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 Sydney. Yep, cities.
0: Um, yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Massive. Uh, whereas, whereas out here, yeah, you know, the, the the we the. Well, I guess they, they're they not called selective schools, but they are selective. If you pay enough money, you can go to one of the private schools nearby. Well, yeah, that that, that becomes the <laughs> irony, doesn't it?
0: The Catholic schools, the independent schools, and the private schools yeah. uh, form their own little selective crew. They do. Depending they on do. how much money you want to spend and depending on how much um, other... Oh, stop ringing. Right. Sorry, Dave. That's all right. Someone ringing me, and when you've got all your phones connected to your laptop, everything rings. <laughs> uh what we're talking about so yeah with the depending on how much money you want to spend on your schooling and what variant or amount of uh god you want to have shoved into that will then you know depend on how how selective you want to be about your schooling
1: that, that that was part of uh the um the the decision to move our kids out of uh, St Pat's, which was a, a really lovely school with mm. wonderful staff and we you know, we, we you know, envisaged our kids being there uh all through primary school, uh until uh, Rupert, who was then uh finishing up year three and, you know, getting ready for year four, said I really don't want to have I don't want to go to this school anymore. There's too much God nonsense. Yep. It's like right. <laughs> okay. Done. End of the story. And and that was it. uh Uh, I I can't
0: imagine me saying that to my parents at at that age. Yeah, well, the kids, man, they're way ballsier than we ever were with our parents, right? Yep. Like, there's no way you would have said, I'm not going to do this because I don't. Because by the time you'd gotten the words I and don't out, (laughs) something had connected with your body.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Or, Or... or either that, or you would have just lost the power of speech because you would be getting like a withering look that you knew meant that oh. uh, that, that you were going to be in so much trouble for so long that you decided it's best not to say anything else. Yeah, you
0: just trail off. I don't think I'm gonna survive this.
1: Anyway, I got to go pack my caravan for Mudgy. Oh,
0: you? Hey, enjoy Mudgy. I will go and will. be a star in the Hollywoods. Um, I'm yes, I'm yes. on family staycation week.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh,
0: good. Yeah, but immediately after me recovering from sleeping on a couch on the floor, this yeah. has not worked out well for me. <laughs> oh, have you got jobs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yesterday, <laughs> Yesterday we went into Southbank, went to the Gallery of Modern Art, which meant a lot of walking in the heat. Not happy about that. Today's been pretty cruisy, though. This afternoon is optometrist visit. How's that for a staycation event? <laughs> I, I don't think that's necessarily a staycation,
1: Steve. I'm, I think... I think you've got the stay part of it down, Pat, but I think
0: you might be missing some of the some of the vacation side of it. Oh, everything's just bled into everything, because school starts in a week and a bit, so this is our only opportunity both to do it and to get some stuff ready for school. So the family have been out getting uniforms from the uniform shop this morning. Uh, lovely wife has just gone shopping this afternoon, optometrist. Tomorrow is a picnic. We're driving out to some waterfall somewhere um, that I haven't looked up we can turn up on the news tomorrow night <laughs> Oh no don't do that Steve don't do
1: look don't do that please because oh, because we... look there's more I want to ask you so we will have to catch up again so you'll have to you know stay safe for that to happen I will
0: I'll be able to report on bed shopping <laughs> okay sounds good you take care thanks Dave bye.